Welcome to Fireside Nets with Spen and Pete, your number one podcast for Brooklyn Nets news, opinions, and so much more. I am Spen, and as always, I am joined by the BK brawler himself, Pete. What's going on, brother? Nothing much, just living life, enjoying some USA basketball, holding my breath, laughing at a couple Philly fans, and, uh, you know, just taking everything in. Has anyone, life. has anyone ever referred to you as the BK Brawler? Never. <laughs> I, like it. I like it. It's a good nickname. Let's go. All right. All right. Let's 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 get into it. So uh Brooklyn, well, the first the first segment or a bit of news. The Brooklyn Bridges performances for Team USA thus far have honestly been Pete what have what I've expected. And uh, we'll start off with Mikael Bridges. We'll get into Cam Johnson in a bit. But Mikael Bridges, obviously the number one option on the Nets. He got the starting nod for Team USA. Uh, he was in the starting lineup with, I believe, Anthony Edwards, Edwards, Jalen Brunson, um, Brandon Ingram, Jaron Jackson, and I want to say – is that five? I think that's five. If I'm not, I'm missing one guy. Edwards, Brunson, Bridges – Jaron Jackson, and yeah, I think I think that was five, and the and the other they, guy I named. They what did you change say? the starting lineup. They did change the starting lineup. I think once or twice. Oh, they have okay. So it was Reeves. Reeves was the fifth starter for the t- for the game against Spain. Um, but regardless, what I saw from Mikhail is kind of what we saw last season, right? Mm-hmm. Stellar on defense, a lot of deflections, a lot of steals. Mid-range game, still extremely nice. He's had a few few turnarounds that have been like vintage Mikhail Bridges. And then, uh, you know, hitting a few timely buckets and some three-pointers. So nothing out of the ordinary. I can't say that he has been better than guys like Jalen Brunson or Jaron Jackson. I think he's been a little bit better than Brandon Ingram, but like playing on the same level as Austin Reeves. So that's what I've seen from Mikhail. Have, have you seen anything different? Uh, no. I think you nailed it. I watched the Puerto Rico game in full. The, uh, I think the I think it was a, another game or other two games. I did not watch, to be honest. I just watched the highlights. But, uh, you know, I, I like what I'm seeing from our guys. Good defense, 3 and D type play. And, you know, you know me. I'm just holding my breath. I'll tell you what you notice, because I've, I've watched a good amount of the USA basketball uh, with the, with this team. I, I watched the whole Spain game. I watched a good amount. Was the first game Puerto Rico? Yeah, it was. Correct. And I didn't watch the second game, who I can't forget what the country was, but it was a country in Eastern Europe, I believe, and it wasn't Slovenia. Um, Regardless, Team USA basketball is about team more than it is about individual accolades. Guys are, are passing up dunks to get other guys open. It's It's really like you're not looking to be flashy. You're looking to get the job done. If guys are open, they're going to shoot. There isn't a lot of one-on-one stuff. It's a lot of pick and roll, um, you, you know, get the mismatch and then drive to the hole and, and kick it out to the guy. And I, I don't know if it's unfortunate or not, but Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson haven't had to be in those positions to create. It's been more Jalen Brunson. It's been more Anthony Edwards. Those guys, Tyrese Halliburton, those three guys have gotten the green light to go downhill. And they're essentially the ones that are making plays. The two point guards, then Anthony Edwards, who – pound for pound might be the best talent on this team USA. Um, So having said that, I've liked what I've seen from Mikhail looking at the box score against Spain, 
12 points, three rebounds, three assists, three personal fouls. Um, I don't know what this Valerason means. I'm not going to even try to, to guess what that means. Um, but but nice, you know, nice performance for him. He outscored uh, everyone in the starting lineup except Jalen Brunson, who had 23. And he was the third leading scorer because Jaron Jackson had had 14 points off the bench. Um, yeah, that, that's what I've seen from Mikhail. You ready to get into uh, to the other twin brother? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you want to go over the stats in the Puerto Rico game. Yeah, the, the Spain I, game I, was the game, right? I mean, what, what did Mikhail put up in the Puerto Rico game? Uh, Mikhail put up 14 points, 6 and 9 from the field, full rebound, 3 steals. It was it was very good, man. Uh, both of them, both of them were playing really good. Both of the twins are playing really good. Great defense. I thought it was really cool in the Puerto Rico game. Bridges won six of nine from the field. Cam Johnson put up fifteen points, seven of ten from the field, six rebounds. Both playing great defense. A couple flashy shots, a couple flashy dunks, and you know what else? If you're a Nets fan, you have to be happy. You don't have to worry about like the load management of them being, you know, going downhill every play. But they're still getting their highlights, right? I think that's the best you could you could ask for. Yeah, no, I I agree. And what listen, I'm I'm a little bit of a competitive person, and obviously, you know, we got the Knicks over there in Manhattan. Um, their guy Josh Hart is not playing at all on this team. It's been tough for him to crack the rotation. So I like that the Nets have have two studs on this USA team, and the Knicks just have one with Jalen Brunson, who has been incredible. Like him and Anthony Edwards and Jaron Jackson, those three guys have been the three alpha dogs on this team. Right under them, I would say it's Ingram, Mikhail Bridges, and Cam Johnson. And Austin Reeves. I'll throw him in that mix. Uh, speaking of Cam Johnson, I, I think it's been a nice run for Cam with these first three games, uh, specifically talking about the Puerto Rico and, and the Spain game. He's been a 3 and D guy, to be honest with you. He's had a few fast breaks where he's been able to finish uh, on the run. You know, when they go to him as the five, that really opens up the, the Team USA lineup. They're able to stretch the floor. Obviously, he's a deadly three-point shooter. Um, but I've seen him do a lot of a lot of three and D, really, in the limited time that he's gotten. Uh, and, and I think that him and Austin Reeves have been the two best three-point shooters on the team. And I'm not even going on stats there. I'm just basing that off the eye test. But those two guys, when they get in the ballgame, they almost immediately nail a three. And it's usually not the only triple of the game for them. So... I know Reeves has been a little bit more diverse in his scoring uh, than Cam Johnson. He's been getting off the dribble. He, you know, he's been he's been getting the mid range a little bit more than Cam. But nevertheless, I, I've loved what I've seen from Cam so far. Yeah, I think the thing that kind of stands out is the defense. I saw at least one or two plays of him getting a steal on the perimeter and just taking it back for a dunk or, you know, some transition play. And like I said, the defense is really not surprising me, but it's really nice to see them kind of just getting those matchups and getting, you know, I guess winning the matchups, I guess you could say, on defense. I don't know. That, that That's that's my full take on that. I'm happy. And, and what I've noticed, uh, and I wanted to ask you this question because I, I think it's interesting, is obviously Bobby Portis has been the backup five uh, to sub in for – Jaron Jackson Jr., but I have noticed instances where they roll with Cam Johnson at that five. So is that something, Pete, that you think we'll ever see from Jacques Vaughn in the regular season is going CJ at the five? Yeah, you think so? Absolutely not. Oh. <laughs> I had to throw a curveball there. No, uh, he's too small. 
But you know what? Maybe you're saying it, and I'm thinking about it. We did see Royce O'Neal play Small Bowl Five, right? So uh... I don't know. I don't know if if you have Ben in there at the point, and you have Dinwiddie, McHale, and let's say Royce or DFS at the four. Because Ben isn't a shooter, you throw Cam at the five. All of a sudden, you have Ben Simmons and four three point shooters. I don't necessarily hate that. I, listen, I, I can see what you're saying. I, I would prefer not to see it because that means we're probably in trouble at, at center or we're trying to you know, space the floor more because Ben is just killing the lineups. But uh, let, 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 let's just keep it normal centers here. Let's keep it Claxton. Let, let's keep it, you know, a day day. Let's keep it that. Let's keep the big men at center. And uh, Cam playing at the floor is, is perfectly fine with me for now with, with, with this situation. I'm sorry. I love Dayron Sharp, but you're not going to convince me that him as the five with everything he brings rebounding and defense is better than what Cam Johnson brings to the table. I, I just, Listen, I don't see it. I, I'm, I'm going to shock you a little bit. I've been doing some homework. Do you know he averaged his like rebound, his offensive rebound rate was like around 20%, which is uh, for anyone who's like not familiar with the stats is very, very high for offensive rebounding center. Very, very high. He gobble. He does. If he does one thing right, it he does rebound the ball at a ferocious rate. Did you say he gobbles like gobbles yes, rebounds? Got the that was amazing. <laughs> really, I, I love that. Yeah, I mean, I've never heard that term before, but now whenever I I want to, you know, describe a great rebounder, I'm gonna be like that guy, man. He gobbles rebounds like a fucking turkey on Thanksgiving Day. He gobbles rebounds. I like it. Man does. Like he it. eats. eats anything else? Anything else on the Brooklyn Bridges and Team USA before we move on, Pete? Let's go. Next topic. All right. So I call this segment Fool Me Once, Shame on You. Fool Me Twice, Shame on Me. Fool Me Three Times, You're Probably Trying to Force Your Way Out of Philadelphia. Former, you like that? It was pretty good, right? Yeah. Former Brooklyn Net James Harden, former Houston Rocket James Harden, and former Oklahoma City Thunder James Harden was seen at his basketball camp in China making a statement, and I might get a word or two wrong here, but James Harden said that Daryl Morey is a liar and he will never play for an organization Morey is a part of. And then Harden literally said, let me say that again, and doubled down and said the exact same thing again. So the first thing I just want to say is, is could we react to this like human beings who went through this experience a year ago? I'm not going to laugh because I, I already laughed, but I'm going to say, LOL, ha, 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 fuck you, Philadelphia. That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to give you a very surprising take. I woke up, I saw that, I tagged you, and I tagged uh, Jay from BK, and my first response was, was to laugh. And then at the second hand, even though I've been shit on over and over by Philadelphia fans on Twitter, I kind of felt bad a, a little bit because I know the pain. We know the pain. This guy comes in like a fucking hero. He was my favorite net at one point, even more than Spencer Dinwiddie. So, you know, that, that's saying a lot. So, you know what I mean? I, I, I love the guy. He played on one fucking leg. And then all of a sudden he breaks my heart and he leaves us and he fucking leaves us, you know, fucking shit like i just i'm hurt 
I'm hurt. Overall, man, but what can you say? This guy's a piece of shit. This guy goes, he goes to a team, he underperforms, and then he wants to leave, and he forces his way out. What else? No, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, I feel bad for Philadelphia from the standpoint of I know what it's like, but let's remember how we got there, okay? Ben Simmons didn't want to play for Philadelphia. Because the head coach of the team said he didn't know if they can win a championship with Ben as the point guard. Also, Joel Embiid, his teammate, best player on the team, also did not back him after that playoff loss against the Hawks a few years ago. So Ben Simmons, for whatever you want to call it, there was cause on the Sixers for Simmons to do what he did. I want to start there. Harden left Houston because they weren't good anymore and he couldn't hack it as the number one and he wanted to go to a stack team, comes to the Nets. Why did he leave the Brooklyn Nets? Because Kevin Durant got hurt and because Kyrie Irving didn't get the vaccine. And then at that point, he's like, I'm done. So if you want to say Kyrie not getting the vax is the reason Harden essentially left, fine. Which is very funny because Kyrie was uh, defended James Harden when Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted like a disgruntled James Harden, you know, says this thing about Daryl Morey. Kyrie rose to the defense of James Harden and being like, well, was he disgruntled uh, Adrian or did Daryl Morey make a promise that he broke? Regardless of how you feel, Kyrie, you're the reason that he wanted out of Brooklyn. So I I say all this because, you know, are you a Rick and Morty fan? Not really, but I know really. I know the show. There's an amazing line in Rick and Morty where Summer, who's Rick's granddaughter, she says, and I want to, I have it up already because I was going to tweet it. She says, Oh, why can't couples that start out cheating ever end up happy? And to me, Pete, James Harden was cheating with the Nets when he was with Houston. He was cheating with the Sixers when he was with Brooklyn. And he's trying to cheat with the Clippers. But the Clippers, the Clippers' legs are closed. They're like, nah, we're good. We're, you know, you, you've already cheated on all these other teams, and we have a lot of young talent. And I'm sorry, we just we don't want to be with you. Um, that's what this is, dude. This, this there was tampering from the get go with Maury and Harden. Harden only wanted to go to Philly. Maury and him had definitely talked while he was a Brooklyn Net. He gets to Philly, and oh, Lottie fucking da, it didn't work out for him. So that's kind of why I don't feel bad for Philadelphia because they've put themselves in this position in both instances. You know, uh, I'm going to say that you, you make a good point with the Kyrie Irving thing, but also don't forget of all the reports of him saying, oh, I don't like Steve Nass's ro- rotations, blah, blah, blah. Like th- th- there is a lot of credence to that. I always bring this up that Mike D'Antoni – Older, you know, older coach, offensive guru, everybody knows him. He left the Nets right before the training camp of that of the second season. There's a reason why he left. You know, I've I I don't have too many sources, but I, I've conferred with a couple people, a couple peoples in the community, and I they, they they agree with me in that there was a talk of Mike D'Antoni going to Philadelphia, possibly becoming the head coach there, and that's why D'Antoni left. He wound up going with the Pelicans while Harden figured out what he was going to do with the Nets and, and Sixers, right? So there is a lot more to this story, but uh, the Kyrie Irving twist is just so beautiful, isn't it? It, it is pretty funny. It, it, it is pretty just bizarre. Um, 
listen, Kyrie's got an opinion. He's a, he's a citizen in America. He's allowed to share his opinion. I just think that a lot of the times it, what he's saying is hypocritical and he'll say something one instance. And then in the next instance, he'll feel the totally opposite way. So uh, I don't know. I saw that. I thought it was funny. Like, dude, Harden did not fuck with you in Brooklyn. He was out of here when you wouldn't get the shot. Now you're sticking up for him. It's just like, dude, you know, you're in Dallas. I don't know. He, I'm not going to say like, you know, stop talking. Cause obviously he can say whatever he wants. And I, I would never say that to, to any athlete with, with a microphone and, and with a platform, but he's proven that with his microphone and his platform, he doesn't always say, you know, the right things. Don't forget when uh, when Harden left Brooklyn and we had Kyrie in Dallas, the first game that they played, they were hugging each other after the game. We were all feeling sick to our stomachs. They're still cool. They don't know what happened, but um, but I, I, I really don't know. I, I know you were talking about something with me about Bobby Marks posting yeah. something on CBA, and that was very, very interesting. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to get to that in 2 seconds. Um the one thing I do want to point out is everything that's happening and Pod Thorn actually tweeted this. A so shout out to Pod. It proves my theory wrong when 2 years ago I said that Marks just should have kept Harden past the trade deadline and made it work. I, I was 100% wrong there. I really don't know if Harden would have played. I, I you disagree? You think he would have played? Yeah, I think this is why I'll be very quick. I think when you have Katie coming back, within less than a month, Kyrie comes back. So everybody's back. The team just made it, you know, to deep into the playoff the year before. You're telling me this guy is going to keep on sitting down and doing nothing when both of these guys are back? I don't believe it. All right. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. I just I, I think with the way everything's gone with Philadelphia and the fact that he said that about Daryl Morey, I, I don't know. If he, if he – and he never came out and said he wasn't going to play for the Brooklyn Nets. It was just like if he's here, he's not going to play – for the foreseeable future. Right. Um, I, I think the last report was he was out indefinitely, which was like, okay, like that was, yeah. All right. Bobby Marks. So Bobby Marks tweeted something that was very interesting. Uh, I think an hour before we started recording basically said, here's the CBA language for withholding services, a player who withholds services, playing, playing services called for by a player contract for more than 30 days after the start of the last season covered by his player contract shall be deemed not to have completed his player contract by rendering the player services called for thereunder. Accordingly, such a player shall not be a veteran free agent and shall not be entitled to negotiate or sign a player contract with any other professional basketball team unless and until the team for which the player last played expressly agreed otherwise interesting stuff there pete yeah basically if you guys didn't get the gist of it if the guy doesn't play for the team he can't be a free agent the next year right that's that that, that that's what it's coming down to unless the 76ers are like we don't want this fucking guy get the fuck out of here so it's going to be very interesting to see how harden kind of slices and dices because he can't do what he did in brooklyn it's gonna it's gonna be a very very interesting thing to see if the 76ers will let him sit out or if he is he gonna risk losing you know next year's free agency when he wants the big deal what do you think happens uh I think they wind up, I don't in my heart of hearts I think they wind up making up somehow Maureen him or boys you know the what was uh, Michael Rubin former owner of the sixers is close to him 
listen, bro, you know, give us this one more year. We'll pay. We'll, we'll give you like an extension. They throw him a couple more dollars or something. Uh, I think that's what happens because I really can't see Philadelphia making a deal right now that doesn't include getting like a salt packet back. No, everybody knows it, this is it. It's official. He doesn't want to be here. But what, if you're Philadelphia, what are you going to do? They're in the same situation Sean Marks was in, except they have a little more time. I think they're going to sell for pennies on the dollar. I, I think they're going to absolutely get back some abysmal return for Harden. They'll probably get back like a first round pick maybe and a decent player. I saw a report that they want a first round pick and like a star. <laughs> I, I don't think they're going to get that. I, I, there's no team that wants to trade their star and, and, and get James Harden in return. What's funny is I don't think young teams want him. Like if you're the Pistons or you're the Rockets or you're the Thunder, why do you want this? Like he, he doesn't want to go there and you don't want him. And then you look at the contenders, right? Like the Lakers are paying D'Angelo. They don't really need Harden. The, the Clippers have all this young talent and they have Westbrook coming back. So now we finally get to see Westbrook, Kawhi, and Paul George. That'll be interesting. Um, so like I got something for you. Yeah. I got let me cut you off here. I'm sorry to cut you off. How do you feel if the Suns come in and say, you know what? We need a point guard. Bradley Beal's not working. We'll give you Aiden and and I don't know. They'll, they'll find a way to get another draft pick or swap. And then Aiden goes to Philadelphia and obviously he does not stay there. He gets swapped to go somewhere else. Because that's something you could see happening. Harden, Beal, Katie Booker, that lineup, that lineup would be insane. Um, I'd, it'd be interesting, right? There was some, there was some, uh, some buzz around hard into Phoenix at the beginning of this off season. So that, that's, that's not a bad option. Um, I do want to just sort of make a statement. I saw someone, I think it was shit Nets fans say, and they wrote like, is anyone interested in a James Harden return? I'm going to say absolutely not. Uh, we, if we haven't, we have like a million point guards, he does a little bit of what Spencer Dinwiddie does. He does a little bit of what Ben Simmons does. He's not going to play off the ball. We all know that. Uh, it just does not make sense for him to come to Brooklyn. And why would we waste any of our picks on this dude at all? Would you trade Simmons for him? <laughs> I, oh man, that's tough. Like I, wa I want to say no, because I want to see Ben Simmons at some type of full health. I'm, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say I, I'd rather – look, Harden didn't like being here. For whatever reason, when he got to Philadelphia, he shit on the organization. And as annoying as you know Simmons was last year where he was playing, he wasn't playing, he was hurt, he wasn't hurt, there was really no bad blood between him and the Brooklyn Nets organization. It was more just getting on the same page. He came back too early. That was maybe on us, whatever. So I want to take the guy with a more clean slate – and that is Ben Simmons, but at least with our, our organization. But what about the contract? We owe him $40 million after next season, Ben Simmons, we do owe him, right? Think about that. Yeah, I mean, if you factor that in, then the answer is probably Harden. But I never think about the contract. I, I just don't think like that. That's why I have you. You remind me of the contract, and you put things into perspective for me. Gotcha. Um, I did also want to just point out uh, another fun Philly thing. Uh, Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, and James Harden. Those are three guys that at some point were top 25 players in this league, I would think. Simmons is probably borderline. That have been with the Sixers organization and either left or asked out. And I'll tell you this. If Harden gets traded and they don't get a good return, 
it is a time bomb until Joel Embiid asks out of there. He will not want to be there if they if his best second best player is Tyrese Maxey. I just I just don't see it. I, I think I tend to agree with that, right? It's obvious that he wants to win. He's already made the comments a couple months ago saying he's not sure if he's going to be here in Philadelphia. Like, that's kind of already planting the seeds, no? All right, we can't talk about James Harden without talking about Ben Simmons. You brought it up a little bit. What does Ben Simmons need to show you, Pete, this season to prove that we won the James Harden trade? Everyone is going to say as long as he dribbles the ball, like we already won the trade. I don't agree with that. He has to be a plus performer for sure, right? He's got to do something, maybe not all-star level, but he has to be a high-end starter. And the reason being is how much we're hampered by that contract. The contract is a real bitch. It's a real killer. And uh, let's face it, if Harden was on, on the Nets now, if we did that Simmons for Harden deal, let's say Harden gets traded at the deadline, or not, or let's even say he doesn't. Just getting the $40 million or max contract deal off the cap sheet would put the Nets... Uh, if we, a matter of fact, if we cut Simmons off the contract of the cap sheet right now, we would be, I think, like forty, so it's twenty or forty something million under the cap. That's a lot. That makes a big difference in looking at this team going forward. So the contract kind of makes it a big uh, issue for me. I understand, and I get it. You're a numbers guy, right? You're Mr. Analytics, but me, I, I'm the eye test guy. I'm the, I'm the heart. I'm the, you know, forget about all the money. So what do you have to see from a basketball standpoint? Maybe, you know, because it might be unrealistic that Simmons will ever play to his contract. But what do you want to see that will show you Ben Simmons can be special within this Brooklyn Nets team? He's got to put up he's got to put up at least 12 points, eight, eight assists, five rebounds at least. And he has to play great defense. For me to say I'm 100% comfortable as 100% a win. Now, could there be like little, you know, he's a high-end starter. And would I be happy with that? Yeah, I would. That's what I would need I, to see. 100%. I want to see him. I want to see him play 70% of the games next season. At least. At least. And I think I'm being lenient. I'd rather 80 to 90%. But look, I get it. He's coming back from an injury. 70%, I think, is a very low number. That's what I want to see him in. All right, I think the numbers, 12 points, eight re- we say eight assists, five rebounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's doable for him. I think if anything, it could be like 13, eight, and seven. Maybe he can get those rebounding numbers up a little bit. Um, I'm very excited to just see what he can do. Uh, th- there's a lot of people out there who are rooting for his downfall. Um, look, he's had multiple opportunities last season, played with KD, Harden. We saw glimpses. This offseason, he was, you know, hopefully he's put it all together. I'm very excited to see what he brings to the table. And the almost unknowingness of Ben Simmons to me makes it more sexy than a guy out there like a James Harden or like a Chris Paul, who we already know. We know what they're going to do at full strength. No one, look, people aren't breaking down doors for James Harden or Chris Paul's services anymore, right? CP3 is going to be the fucking sixth man, maybe in Golden State. We know Ben Simmons can still be a starter and a damn good one at that. We do. I think we. I. I. We I do. do. I got. I got faith, Pete. I may not talk about my religion on the cast, but I'm a faithful motherfucker. Question: What if he plays at the level he did last year? No burst, good defense, similar numbers to last year. 
Is that a win for you? I don't think so, bro. No, so, no, 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 no. I got to see the burst. But also, he wasn't he wasn't available last season, right? I don't even know the percent. He probably paid, played in like 30 to 40% of games. So what if he plays 70% of the games at that level? I don't think that's going to happen. That's my answer. But what if? That's the question. What if? He does? That, that I'll be disappointed and like I'll, I'll be wrong. Not, but I think part. I think part of the thank you. I think part of the reason why he was not great last season and he didn't have that burst is because he was never going to play a full NBA season. He didn't have the stamina. He didn't have the endurance. He wasn't there physically. So, like for me, if he's there physically, it all becomes mental. And yeah, we we've, we've seen in our experience and and. Throughout the seasons, like this guy has had some some mental hurdles that he's had to jump over. But hopefully he got all of that out of his system last season. I'm just excited to watch the guy hoop for real. I'm dead serious with you. Hey, listen, that's that that's fair. Uh I've been one of his biggest backers, but I just had to throw that in there to say if he doesn't get back to the level, I don't think this is gonna be as much of a win as people think. I think net fans are celebrating a little bit too much. You strike me as a guy who never plays the lottery. I don't. You you I don't you don't you don't buy the ticket the ticket raffles at the Italian festival down the street when they're like five dollars a ticket. You don't buy that stuff, Pete. That's not you. You're like, why am I gonna waste my money? That's a I have a thirty percent, twenty percent chance. There's no no point. You gotta look at the numbers, bro. I go oh, to man. AC, I gamble a couple bucks. If I win, I'm out. If I lose, I'm out. That's it. I'm changing I'm changing your nickname. You're no longer the BK brawler, you're now the, the Brooklyn accountant. That's you. I hate it, but go ahead. <laughs> Listen, some of my best friends are accountants, and they hate their fucking jobs. All right. Are we ready to get to a new segment? It's called Something or Nothing. Hmm. Let's go. All right. Number one, Nick Claxton, when asked at a basketball camp or his basketball camp about whether or not he'll resign with the Nets when his current contract is up, Nick Claxton said, we'll see. Is this something or nothing? I think it's all leverage, right? Like, what's the guy gonna say? Yeah, I want to. I'm gonna come back 100. <laughs> percent You know, I, we would love to hear that, but uh, the guy's the guy is a businessman, right? He's a businessman. Quoting Jay Z, uh, the guy has to save his leverage by saying that he's he wants to come back 100. percent Sean Marks might say, "Listen, we know this guy wants to come back. Let's undercut him a little bit. It doesn't help this bottom line, and that's that's all that is." Little leverage. Interesting. Um, the one thing I think about Claxton, and I feel bad, is he's just he look, he's our last guy, right? Like he's the longest tenured net now, him and Dinwiddie, but Dinwiddie left and came back. He has had no continuity since he's been here. Just None. so many different lineups. He's had what three different coaches? He was here for Atkinson, right? So uh, three different yeah. He what had to be. I think so maybe. I don't think I don't think he was a rookie the year that KD and them. I think he was a rookie the year before that. I think he was a second year player by the time KD got here. I I could be wrong, but I think yeah, because that first year Kyrie played for Atkinson when KD was coming back, right? Claxton was on that team. I'm like I'm like ninety percent sure today. So I don't I don't remember hundred percent. That's the one reason why. I just I think that he'd like be interested in being elsewhere because there's been no stability. He was a rookie in 2019-2020. That was the year that he was a rookie. And listen, they almost traded him to Toronto at one point. People forget about that. He was almost traded yeah. for a first round pick. How disastrous would have that been? 
That would have that would have been tough. Um, all right, you you're saying it's nothing. I think it's nothing too. I think he's happy in Brooklyn. I think if anything, the loss of KD, Kyrie, and Harden have made Claxton a star. Like like outside of Mikhail and and Cam, Claxton's probably our most important player. I think he's more important than Spence. Um, and obviously, we've seen him do more than Ben up to this point. So. Yeah, and I think in, in a way he's probably more important than Cam Johnson. Like, like pound for pound, Claxton might be our second most important player after Mikel Bridges. I think you're absolutely right. And I, as I've said a million times, there's no death at center. If Claxton does get hurt, it's going to be a, a horrible season for us. That's true. Yeah, you keep saying that. I wish you would just stop Ooh. saying that sentence Man, because I you're gonna you're gonna know. speak it into existence, Pete. Okay, I'll shut the fuck. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> It wasn't me telling you to shut up. I just, I just am scared. It's like, it's like, oh man, it's like you always say, like, oh, I don't want to hurt myself. I don't want to hurt myself. And then you get there and you twist your ankle on a yeah, three point attempt and you're out for a while. I got to be realistic. All right. These next two, something or nothings, are similar. We'll start with the first one. Dennis Smith Jr. was seen clamping Tyler Hero in the pro am, getting some nice buckets at the rim as well. Dennis Smith Jr. playing good defense at a pro am. Something or nothing? Uh, it's nothing. These are just games that get the pros in shape. I, I guess it, I, you like to see it, right? You don't want him seeing getting killed. So I guess that is something. But overall, I'm just happy to see my guy playing well. And I, I think Dennis Smith Jr. is going to be a fan favorite. I really do. This is, this is something, and I'll tell you why. The Brooklyn Nets made it apparent that Dennis Smith Jr. was our, uh, our, I'm sorry, Dennis Smith Jr. made it apparent that the Brooklyn Nets told him he was one of their priority signings uh, this offseason. He had better offers. He could have signed elsewhere. He signed with Brooklyn. He's got that dog in him, man. He's got that, you know, I'm trying to prove something in this league. He came up, he had a, a great rookie campaign with Dallas. Luka comes in, comes in afterthought, bounces around the league a little bit has a strong season with Charlotte last season. He is on the come up. This is a guy that has been slept on since his rookie season. He has a lot to prove. I love what I saw from him defending Tyler Hero, making life difficult. He is going to be extremely important for what the Brooklyn Nets are trying to be this season. So I think this was something. But what if he would have gotten killed? He would have gotten crossed up, falls on the floor. Would that would have been something for you also? Yeah, I, I also didn't see that footage. Might have happened, but yes, it would have been something. That's fair. I can only I can only talk about what I see, Pete. Now I react. Okay. Not, not what I don't see. Um, all right. And then the third one, similar to Dennis Smith Jr., Royce O'Neal was seen hooping at the Pro-Am. Some really cool dribble moves to the rim, something you don't always see from, from Mr. O'Neal. Uh, something or nothing? Uh, I guess it's something because you like to see him working on his bag. Uh, I doubt that we're going to see anything spectacular out of, like, these Pro-Ams. Like I said, same thing with Dennis Smith Jr. These guys are just getting in shape, getting ready for the season. But uh, I, I guess you like to see something like that rather than him losing the ball or him, you know, missing horrible shots. So uh, maybe I'll call this one something. I'm gonna say this is nothing uh, <laughs> because because Royce is never gonna do this for the Nets in the in the regular season. Like we'll see Dennis Smith Jr. D the crap out of somebody and, and, and put the absolute uh, put the guy on offense in prison. Like Dennis Smith jr. Is going to do that. He's a stud. He's going to put the clamps on everybody. I'm never going to see Royce O'Neal cook anybody in the NBA. It rarely happens. If anything, he'll beat someone with a quick dribble left 
and like finish with his offhand or something. But that is once out of every like 25, 30 times he touches the ball. Uh, if anything, it's, it's good trade bait. Royce is a guy that I love. I don't think the Nets need him this season. I, I think it's kind of wasted talent. I don't think he's going to see the minutes that he, he saw last season. And I think that there are contenders out there. I think of the Dallas Mavericks who can use a player like Royce. Um, a, a three, four hybrid. He can play the two if you need him to, but you know, he can defend, can hit shots, is a smart player, has a very high basketball IQ. Um, he's just someone that the Nets don't necessarily need this season. And we have so many wings. If I've said it once, I've said it again. Sean Marks loves fucking wings. So we have a million wings now. Um, yeah, this is nothing for me. That's fair. I understand that. All right. So we're almost at the end of this, the, the podcast, but uh, I wanted to share with everyone a, a cool interaction I had via Twitter and it inspired me to write a song. So Doug Nori, everybody knows Doug from the Locked In Nets podcast. They're one of the, the biggest and, and, and best Nets podcasts out there aside from Fireside Nets and the only Nets fans you know. Um, he posted an anecdote about how he saw some guy and he was jogging and he had headphones in and he was screaming a puddle of mud song and it made him scared. It made Doug scared. And I thought, really? Like that's a guy expressing himself through song. He's working out. He's loving life. He's jamming. I'm like, if I saw that dude, I'd say fucking hell yeah. Keep going. Keep doing your thing. So it inspired me because the song blurry by puddle of mud is like a top 10 song of all time. I don't care what kind of music you like blurry puddle of mud. It's amazing. And it inspired me to write a song using the blurry instrumentals about the Brooklyn Nets and their upcoming 2023 basketball season. So Pete, for the very first time, I'm going to perform to you the Brooklyn Nets version of Blurry by Puddle of Mud. Are you ready? Let's go. I'm hyped. Let's fucking go. All right, here we go. All right. Can you hear it okay? It's good? All right, here we go. All right, everyone, thanks. Thanks for tuning in. But uh, sometimes sometimes I just got to sing, you know? My nose is stuffed up. Haven't been feeling great lately. But here we go. Everyone's so worried about this young net squad. They were picked to finish ninth or 10th by this Nets pod. Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson aren't really twins. But hopefully they lead us to several dozen wins. You can be pessimistic. You can think we'll blow. As long as you don't join us on championship row. It may not be this season, but it could be the next. Things could change real quickly. Look at the fucking Jets. Can the Nets go on a run? Can the Nets go on a run? I'm tired of people making fun. If they sting, Sean Marks is done. Can the Nets just go be great? Can the Nets just go be great? Nick Claxton wants to dominate. Please stop with all the Ben Simmons hate. All right. And that's it. There's a whole other verse I wrote. But in all honesty, I'm about to lose. I'm about to lose my fucking voice. And uh, I have to go into work tomorrow and speak to clients. 
So I had to cut it short. But Pete, what did we think? Oh, that that was that was exhilarating. I loved it. I don't know how many people turned off because of it, you know, turned off the podcast because of it, but it was it, I loved it. Doubtful. I heard a lot of people just turned it up, like they turned it louder. Yeah, I heard it blasting, but from my neighbors, actually. Can I can I read you the rest of the lyrics? I think they're pretty funny, oh, and then yeah. we can end the pod. Yeah. Okay. Nets Twitter's so cranky, it's got me feeling shitty, and everybody's sleeping on Pete's guy, Dinwiddie. Worried if Cam Thomas will even see the floor. Who cares how many wings we have? Sean Marks, he wants more. Do we have a real crew, or are we super fake? Were we fake. better off with vets? like Jeff and Blake. I wonder what we're doing with all these future picks. No matter how we do next year, just beat the fucking Knicks. That's it. it. That's it. Loved it. All right. Loved it. Especially the the shout-out that Dinwiddie's your guy? Yeah. That was good. That was good. That was the best part. All right. Well, Well, listen, thanks to everybody who tuned in today. This was a really fun episode. I had a blast. Pete, did you have fun? Yeah, that was fun. Any Anytime I get to sing and I get to watch Pete's reaction to me singing, um, that's enough for me. It, it makes it worth it. It makes this whole podcast gambit worth it. Uh, we appreciate everybody who tuned in. This is Fireside Nets with Spen and Pete. Pete, uh, do you want to just plug the other Nets podcast that you do real quick? Sure. Yeah, you guys could check out a new episode of The Only Net Fans You Know, my podcast that I do with my co-host and best friend Charlie. We're going to have a special guest this week doing some analytical talk, a lot of deep breakdowns of the team. So check it out. You can check me out at NetFans You Know. Perfect. And as always, tune in next week for another edition of Fireside Nets with Spen and Pete. Every Monday. as always, every Monday, catch you on the fireside.